Blog Talk Radio. joining us again today. We convene here every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. For those of you who join us every week, uh, welcome back again. So glad to hear from you and have you on listening in with your wonderful minds and hearts with uh, Open to the New and the Novel. It's always so wonderful for us here at A Better World. And for those of you who are new, you're most welcome. I'm so glad that you're tuning in. I also want to let you all know that you can tune in also by phone for those of you who might not be so computer savvy or might not have access to a uh, to a computer all the time. You can call in to 602-753-1860. That's 602 602- 753-1860 and tune in and get our newsletter at www.abetterworld.tv. So today we are going to be continuing this week's theme with our guest Alan Collins, who is the uh, partner of Diane Collins, who we've had on the show, both radio and television here in New York City, quite some time ago when her book, on Do You Quantum Think came out. And this week on A Better World overall, we've been talking about neuroscience and creativity. We had Dr. Joe Dispenza on the television show last night, Tuesday nights, uh, which if you get the newsletter, you would know and you probably tuned into. Great, great interview with this amazing man, great thinker, who talks about the neurophysiological aspects of changing your mind, of opening it up, of bringing forth novelty, of creating new synaptic connections and dendritic growth. I mean, I think it's all very fascinating. And it's so interesting the way life happens that this week I had invited on to join us for the radio show Alan Collins, who is so much involved in this kind of creative consulting, very much in the business world and helping business leaders integrate this kind of, you could say, out-of-the-box thinking, new thinking, moving into new parts of human potential and therefore simply business potential. So we're going to, no pun intended, pick his brain today for 
our audience members who are either in their own business or are uh, the head of their own business or just to learn about how to, if that would interest you, or how to ultimately, business aside, lead a deeper, more meaningful, fulfilling, fun, and simply creative life. Alan Collins is known as a master quantum think coach. He and his wife, Diane, and partner, who I made reference to before, have been working together with businesses, some very large corporations, helping the management, the executives, and all the way down the line, think in ways that are, as I said before, out of the box. People all over love Alan Collins. They have been sort of flocking to his activities as a coach for a long time. He's been at it. He's known as actually the coach's coach. And uh, with that, he's he's got such a, a long list of credentials that I'm not going to take all of our time to go into, but it's really a very interesting background from being in the hairstyling world back in London, where he was born, all the way through the work of Werner Erhard in its earliest iterations, all the way to doing what he's doing now and living in a beautiful place on uh, around Miami Beach. And it's a pleasure to have Alan on with me today. So uh, let me invite him on right now. Okay, where are we? I'm, I'm here. Here we are, Alan. Uh, hello, Mitchell. How are you? <laughs> I'm well, thanks. I'm well. Welcome to a better world. <laughs> thank you, thank you. It's great to be in a better world. <laughs> Isn't it great? You know? Yeah. <laughs> when, it's funny when I first came up with that name, Alan. I said uh, I wanted to set up a whole like. A holistic rejuvenation educational center here in New York, and one of the um, advertisements was going to be, "Hey, do you want to go to a better world? Mm. <laughs> Slide me up, let's go." <laughs> I figured, who doesn't want to go to a better world? <laughs> it's amazing how language creates reality, right? <laughs> Isn't that true? Isn't that true? Well, give us a little further insight into that powerful witticism and sage comment because in fact that a lot of your work really rests on on the power of that comment well yeah actually it's it's interesting because that really when i say language it's the uh language is how we relate to everything um how we relate to ourselves how we relate to our world how we relate to the people in our world is all through language whether the language yeah. is a spoken language or whether it's something you're thinking in your own head and, and, in, you, know, and you know, thinking about what it means, adding meanings to it. So language is obviously yeah. the unique thing that you, human beings have, the kind of language we have, you know, yeah. against any other species on the planet. So it's very yeah. important. And it actually, since you mentioned that, Mitchell, one of the things I've sort of discovered along the way is that, you know, oftentimes people when they're speaking they tend to think or maybe you know without even really giving much thought to it we think we tend to think that our we, when we're speaking we are speaking about the future or we're speaking about things 
And what I've discovered, you know, in this context of language in creates reality, is that our speaking is the future. Our speaking is, it actually is our reality. There, there isn't anything else going on other than that. <laughs> you know, so it's yeah. so speak, what we say, our language is kind of powerful. We've got to take it, you yes. know, we've got to be mindful of it and conscious yes. of it. And, and guess this is where quantum comes in, actually. You know, yes, so, yes, yes, yes. Well, it's yes. an interesting thing because, you know, we're accustomed, Alan, to thinking that we are speaking about about something and if right. you think about that that means we're going around something Correct. we're not at the thing itself if you want to be literal about it right yeah yeah actually in to a be, way with if you're about it of, you're not it you're right. about is sort of like around that's right it's like a like, it's like a right. perpetual state of becoming <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> you know, exactly. So, so the question becomes, always, always how do you land then? Right, nearly there, nearly there. That's right. <laughs> One more corner As to you turn, said, right? It always looks like we're. It's the future. It's never now. You know, That's we're right. always pointing to the future. And That's right. when do we arrive? Here now, you know. I mean, that's course, right. Ram Das was involved in helping us with that one, you know, and uh, Eckhart Tolle and others. That's right. And, and, and so, what yeah, do you and say? Go ahead. What do you say to your your business um, clients? I mean, you and Diane, and I love Diane, as you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I've had a chance to visit you both down at your wonderful place right. down in Miami, and you've been here, and I've mm-hmm. had Diane on the radio and TV show talking about the book, uh, yeah. Do You Quantum Think? And, you know, you are both deeply linked in this process of consulting and bringing this intelligence slash wisdom to the world. Yes. How do you speak then to your clients who, let's just say, are you know, rather corporate in nature? How do mm. you then open up that can? Mm. That's a very good, great question. Well, you know, the thing is, that one of the things that I've noticed, and it's maybe more so now, so in some ways it's a little bit easier now, um, mm-hmm. that, it, it, you know, people are speaking about new thinking. New thinking is on the tips of everybody's tongues. I mean, everybody's recognizing. In fact, I I just pulled off an article before I'd gotten on the phone with you that I picked up off of Huffington Post. The other day, it was an article uh, that was was written uh, by Otto Sharma uh, about Davos. And what, you know, because the, the economic forum that just closed sure. there. Oh, of course. And, sure. you know, where, it, where they're obviously, they're entertaining and working with and working together are the leading mm-hmm. people on the planet in business and, yes. and also country leaders. The, and yes. the thing that was foremost, what he wrote about, he's, he's, he wrote about, he's pointed to three things, mindfulness, mm-hmm. hot spots, and sleepwalkers. And this I found <laughs> tremendously interesting. <laughs> Fascinating. Because, yeah, that Fascinating. you know that people are recognizing the importance of mindfulness, and yes. you know the and what it does for corporate leaders, it clears their mind. The meditations, you know, being able mm-hmm. to go into a meditative state, it clears their minds so they can think. But now the real question is: is what are they thinking about? And <laughs> now, and this is why we say. What is new thinking? And, it, and it's, 
it seems like an easy conversation, an easy thing to say. However, if something is really new, one wouldn't recognize it because it's new. If it, it, you know, if it wasn't new, you yes. would recognize it. Yes. So therefore, it's not new, correct? Yes, right. So yes. this is where quantum think comes in because what people actually discover is like new thinking is not a series of new ideas. It's actually, and why we call quantum think, a new system of thinking. Yes. Is yes. that the system is key. It's like, I was thinking before, you know, I've always like when I talk, I like try to find new ways of saying things. And I, I was thinking about this. If we were, had a sheet of paper and we drew a square from a two-dimensional square, mm-hmm. and then we wrote, a, and then we drew a three-dimensional square, you could mm-hmm. see that from a two-dimensional perspective, you could not possibly have any, you couldn't have even the wildest imagination could not point to what was possible in a three-dimensional model. Yes. That makes sense? Oh, yeah. Because you got, you got you could, depth yeah, I mean, in the three dimensions. If you study art history, as I'm sure you've done to some extent, you know there was that very specific point in time when the paintings went from two-dimensional flat to right. three-dimensional. It right. was almost as though something were jumping out of the canvas at you because the understanding, let's say, uh, of physics, um, the novelty of the breakthrough showed up in the canvas. Right, exactly. And this is the same thing with thinking. See, we've been yes. thinking in, in what we lovingly call in quantum think. What, you know, the key of quantum think is it's a body of knowledge that's made up of 21, we call them distinctions in thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and the methodology of quantum think is the art of distinguishing, which we'll, I'll get to in a minute. Yes. But the, the yes. overarching distinction we would say is new world view, old world view. We could consider the old world view in, as two-dimensional, and the yes. new world view as three-dimensional. So essentially, you cannot see a new world view from an old world yes. view. It's just yes. not possible. So it right. requires a leap. And this is what quantum thing does, is it provides people with a, you know, with a leap. They actually start yes. thinking about things in ways that they had never thought about it before. And... They see things completely yes. differently than they saw before, and nothing actually changes. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's what's uh-huh. so interesting. <laughs> they don't have yeah, to change really. anything. Now, then that doesn't mean that changes won't be made. But, it, but you're not making the change to get the new perspective. You actually get the new perspective first. And, and that then that's you what change. leads to the changes. Yes. So the changes are happening in a new world view. They're not happening in an old world view. Yes. And this is very, very that's, important because yes. the quantum leap in systems is key. And I, I don't think people really give much thought to the idea that everything in the universe and outside of the universe functions in systems. You know, we know planetary systems. We know nature systems. Those are the two obvious ones. But, you know, when you go into a department store, if there wasn't a system 
you would never, you'd be there all day, all night, possibly all week, looking for what you were looking for. The <laughs> system, right. without even thinking about it, guides you to what you're looking for. Doesn't it? Oh, yeah. That, oh, yeah. that makes sense? Oh, it makes, it makes sense. I mean, there's a certain seeming randomness to it. Today, for instance, I was on my way to the TV station, and I forgot to bring DVDs with me. So I had right. to stop by a local store on uh, 10th Avenue and 59th Street or so and pop into a drugstore to buy DVDs. And there was no way to know where to go for it because it wasn't nail polish, it wasn't lipstick, it wasn't drugs. You know, like where in the world right. would the DVDs be in this context? <laughs> right. So, you know, <laughs> from that point of view, it appeared random. But once right. I entered their system, I could yeah. understand the sets and the subsets, if you will, of why exactly. it was where it was. That's right. And right? you're not. That and that's exactly. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And it's the same thing wherever you go. You go into a doctor's office. If there's no system, they can't take care of you. You get in your car. If there wasn't, if there wasn't a system in place, you would, you know, you'd have to, you know, you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't be thinking about where am I going to get gas? Where am I going to get this? You know, what, you wouldn't know what exactly. a traffic light is. You wouldn't know anything. It, but the system guides you. And and the thing about quantum think is that we haven't really considered that our thinking also takes place in a system. And if you can't distinguish the system, if you have no awareness of the system, don't understand how it works, then your thoughts, you know, you're dealing with your thoughts in a random way. You're not getting any power with your thoughts. And there's no power in being able to accomplish what you truly want if you don't understand the system. So, you know, as an example, you know, like the overarching system that we use now is what we call old worldview, new worldview. Old worldview means the classical mechanical old worldview. That's laws and principles were created 400 years ago by Sir Isaac Newton and his buddies. Right? right. And those principles, you know, saw the world as a, as a machine, that's why the, that's what gave birth to the industrial age. As, as a right? clock, right? As a clock, you know, with moving parts, and then you know, designing machines that would help move the parts in certain ways that you wanted to control. And now, the Newtonian worldview. That's right. That's right. And those, and that, what you know, it saw the world as separate. Now, you know, in the quantum worldview, we don't see it as a giant machine we see it as a giant mind um yes. you know the old worldview the, the newtonian worldview saw the world as separate as the whole made up of the of the parts new world and random see, at that actually that's right not seeing that's, the higher level of organization or the underlying system either way that's right inside of what appears as random that's right. And, and in the absence of that, you're dealing, you're obviously going to be reactive because right. it's random. You're going to have to be reactive because you can't link anything up. Yeah. So you're going to react to what you see and, you know, thinking that's the whole picture when it isn't. Yeah. <laughs> you see, so these are the things, you know, that this is this classical mechanical worldview. New worldview is very, very different. I think, and the key thing, you know, one of the very, very important things here is 
that the classical worldview saw the world as an objective reality. Something outside of us, that if we understood how it could work and how it does work, we would be able to control it and predict what it's going to do. And we've seen how that's worked. Not very well. You know what I'm saying? You know, parents see it with children. Um, you see it at work. Or you can threaten people. You can try to bribe them. You can do all kinds of things. But that does not actually have them want to do it in a sustained way. They, you may force them to do it once, but it's not, there's, no, there's no spirit in it. It's just yes. manipulation and, and fear-based, actually. And so, you know, New Worldview sees the world as observer created. You are the one creating the reality. And this, you know, and, this, and there's lots more we can go through. But the point of it is, sure. if, if, you're operating in a, yeah. if you're operating in a system that's, that's functioning from laws and principles that have been proven to be limited or incorrect, and you don't know that you're operating from it, Mm -hmm. The system is going to cause you to be limited. It's going to be cause you to be limited in your thinking. It's going to be cause you to be limited in the decisions you make. And you know, and so this is when when you go into when you start quantum thinking, you take this leap and you start thinking from this observer-created reality where you see, mm -hmm. you know, that it's multidimensional. It's energy. There's no absolutes. It's energy always moving. So you can see, even if you're having a thought, and it's a limited thought, it, you relate to it as if it's not the truth when you quantum think. Where in the old world, you would have a thought, you'd think, oh, my boss really is an idiot. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Right. And, or my, yeah. team is, my team doesn't listen. If you're relating to your team, if you're a business leader, and we work with the, you know, executives and visionary business leaders you know, in the corporate world as well as entrepreneurs, um, mm -hmm. that if, if, they have, if they've got a vision and, you, you know, and they're talking to a group of people that they think aren't listening, yes. they're not going to get very far. And so, However, and right? Right? And if they were to be quantum engaged in quantum think then then they would know wait a minute i'm relating to my team like they are not listening and typically old world view you'd start working on them you'd send them to listening classes you'd start getting them coaches you start working on them because something's wrong with them but when you're quantum thinking you recognize wait a minute that's my thought I'm the one, I'm influencing this in some way. If I think of them as not listening, they are going to pick up that energy, and they do. They, they you know, because of the what you say to them and how you say yes. it to them. They actually, yes. they may not necessarily know, articulate the listening piece, but they would definitely feel the disconnect between themselves and their boss. And yes. so when the boss recognizes this, the boss then starts to recognize, say, wait a minute, I'm the one creating this reality. Let me now look at these people from a different perspective. How can I start to relate to them? And then, you know, from quantum thinking, we start to design ways. Even the most simplest one, Mitchell, is listening to somebody. When you're in a conversation, you listen to somebody 
with an intent, with, a, with an awareness, a conscious awareness, that they experience being heard. Nothing to do with you. You start, you're relating to them so that they experience being heard. Because in the, in the world of the new world, where everything is interconnected and interrelated, whole systems, mm-hmm. if, you, if they experience being heard by their boss, guess what? Instantly, the boss experiences being heard because it's all one. It's not separate. Mm. And that's very powerful. Very powerful. We are speaking with Alan Collins for today's show, who is masterful as a consultant in what is referred to as quantum think, which is the subject of his wife and partner's book, Diane Collins, Do You Quantum Think? And we're touching in on some of the distinctions inside this headset, this mindset, which is a, has a fractal relationship, inward and outward, which Alan is now describing in some detail. You are listening to Mitchell J. Rabin on A Better World Radio. We're here every Wednesday. Please tune in, share this uh, show with your friends and family and forward it and Get the newsletter if you don't get it just yet at abetterworld.tv. So let's pick up on this. I want to continue to deconstruct this, but I want to bring up a couple of other, sort of going back, Alan, a touch to a couple of other points that were made having to do with novelty, newness of thought, of, of thought being rooted in so many ways in language. And if it's new, we wouldn't even recognize it. When you said that, I was reminded, okay, I was reminded of that scene in What the Bleep Do We Know? And Joe Dispenza, who was our uh, guest uh, last night on the TV show, was, of course, one of the featured uh, kind of stars in it. Um, When, if you recall in the film, or any of you listening, that moment when there is a Native American looking out to the ocean to see if he can see the ships from the west, okay? I'm sorry, from actually from the east, from Europe. And he could not see because he had no concept of seeing those kinds of mammoth ships. Remember? Absolutely, I remember it clear as day. Yes, of course, exactly, because it's so much the space of quantum think and novelty in perception and language. So can you speak to that? Yeah, I can, because this is really what we call um, mastering the art of distinguishing. Yeah. See, the, the, the Native American Indian, he had no distinction for ships. Or anything. Actually, he had no distinction for anything moving on the ocean. Mm-hmm. Nothing ever moved on the ocean. He only knew mo- things moving in the ocean. Fish. Right. <laughs> yes. Right. Right. He's never wind, ever... possibly wind. Wind moving, but wind would be moving the ocean, so the ocean would have waves. And it wouldn't be visible, actually. Right. That's right. No, it wouldn't. And that, yeah. this is really, this is so, so important because That's he right. did not have the distinction of anything actually sitting on the water. 
He'd never seen it. So when you say look out for a boat, what, what are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. he, what am I looking for? <laughs> he had How no way to, to, to look. Right. He'd know where to look. It, 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 would, it just meant nothing to him. And this is very important, actually, because from a quantum think perspective, you know, what tends to happen is when we say mastering the art of distinguishing, what we're doing is we are distinguishing what people are thinking that they can't see. Now, this is kind of interesting. I was thinking about this before because, you know, I think pretty much most people in, you know, in, in sort of who are leaders in business and function with people and have any sense of any piece of conscious leadership whatsoever would know, would be able to see some of their own limited thinking. And then yeah. they, through whatever training they might have had, they'll deal with it, right, in whichever yeah. way. Positive thinking is obviously mm -hmm. one of the ways that people get to it, or, or they may sure. question themselves, or whatever they do. However, what we're saying here is that, and I, you know, because I work with a lot of leaders, and I've had the, 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 you know, the privilege for, for 20 years, actually, in the coaching profession, before coaching, actually before coaching was even a profession, <laughs> yes, uh -huh. right, it's a fairly right. new profession. <laughs> I remember and when it came about. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. It was like 20, 25 right. years ago, coaching came in as a yep. profession. And so, yep. you know, I've been at it for quite a while. And one of the things I've mm -hmm. discovered, you know, through my own talents and my own gifts in the work yep. that I do, is that uh -huh. for the most part, people cannot actually see their limited thinking. See, when somebody, like you were pointing out right at the beginning, somebody's talking about the future, they don't actually yeah. are aware of the consequences of thinking that way. Yeah. Most of the time, and I include myself here, by the way, uh -huh. uh, so, so that nobody, whoever's listening, is not taking it too personally. <laughs> right. that, which is, by the way, in this Davos thing, mindfulness, hotspots, and sleepwalkers. The sleepwalking uh -huh. piece is what I'm referring to. For all of us, at some point or another, and probably much more than we are aware of, we are operating in limited thoughts. And we have no awareness that we're doing it. And if you have no awareness that you're doing it, you can't do anything about it. That's right. And this You've is why no the average. No, you've got nothing. You can't see anything. It's like looking out at, look, yeah. look for the boats out there. Look for the ships. Yeah. <laughs> they don't That's know right. what they're looking That's for, right? right? Yeah. So this is where, this is why this is so, this is why we say the methodology of quantum think is the art of distinguishing. And when we, what we're doing is for our clients is we are distinguishing for them, which means we're pointing to something that's present that they can't see. And we're distinguishing, so we, we call this the art of distinguishing, where we're distinguishing a limited thought that they're having, that they're not aware they're having, and so that they can see how that's influencing their ability to create their vision and bring their vision into existence. God, yes. That's what we're doing. And, once, and you see, and it's very interesting... Because, you know, unlike, because the classical worldview is the worldview of the machine, 
We and, and in that context, people are trained to look for things to do and actions. And you even hear it in businesses. When somebody does something great, what do you hear people say? You hear them say, what did you do? How did you do it? They immediately go into the world of action to determine what happened to bring about that result. But that is not the source of the result. The source of the result is their thinking. And their thinking yes. is happening in a virtual dimension. You cannot see it easily. Right. That's why it's got to be distinguished. And quantum think allows people to do that. That's right. That's very cool. That's very cool. It's like opening up your eyes. That's to right. A new dimension is really what's going on. That's exactly right. Exactly right. So you could see if that, you know, if the, if the, if the, you know, the person who was, I can't remember who it was, who was speaking to the, you know, the Native American Indians, if he could distinguish yes. something for them, they would be able to see it. And I, and I say this, you know, my clients, like, you know, like when you look at a, a great tennis player, like, you know, like a Nadal or a Federer, or, you know, people that reach the peak performance, a Tiger sure. Woods, what is it that they have that others don't have? And I, always, and I think about it a lot, and it's they have more distinctions in their art form than anybody yeah. else. That's right. That's all it and is. Let's... Let, well, let's lay this out so we're not speaking any kind of abstraction. Which okay. is to say that they have, you know, what is oft used at a moment like this, Alan, is, um, pardon my uh, impersonation of a poor British accent, but you inspire <laughs> me. Um, Go for and it. And that is... <laughs> you know, we speak about the Eskimos and, you know, how they have 50 to 100 words for snow, where we in the West, by and large, uh, have about one. And if you're a skier, you might have four. Corn snow, wet snow, dry snow, powdery snow, but, you know, really not more than right. half a dozen, by and large. But, of course... If you live in and around, breathe and eat snow as yes. your livelihood, you know, as your culture, then you're going. The more distinctions you have, the more mastery you have over it. Now, absolutely. Does that and the better hit the quality spot? and the better and the better quality of life and you're going to have. The better quality of life. Oh. The more leverage you have over moving the snow, of shoveling the snow, of of working with the snow, exactly. And catching, you have and catching greater, fish and cooking fish. And catching fish, <laughs> exactly, right. which is exactly. your life, you know. It, very, very, exactly. very, that's exactly it. And I can give you an example. I was, you know, just this week, like something happened just this week, like a real example that, you know, in the business yes, world. Please. Mitchell, yeah. you know, I'm, I was, I'm working with this uh, group of people in a company, and they're creating the vision uh, for the future of this company. And they're also looking at their roles in the future of this company. So, you know, because that's, we have to get to what's their role going to be in it before they could create it. Because if they didn't sure. have a purposeful role or an exciting role or something that turned them on, what kind of future yeah. are they going to create, right? right? So we were working in that area about their roles and what their talents are and what was unique. And there is a distinction in quantum think. You know, out of the 21 distinctions, there is a distinction called the hollow movement of purpose. 
And hollow movement is a, coin, a phrase coined by the late, late David Bohm, quantum physicist. And, mm-hmm. um, and it, well, basically what it means in very simple terms is that everything exists all the time, but we can't always see it. You know what I'm uh-huh. saying? Like the sun exists all the time, but like right now it's night but here in Miami. And I can't the clouds. See it. Right. Yeah, it's sure. gone. It's somewhere else around. The, it's on the other side of the world, and we can't see the sun. So he calls it. He called it the hollow movement. And Diane brilliantly has taken, you know, this, and she put it to the hollow movement of purpose, like a, our purpose, our purpose yes. on the planet, our job on the planet with a capital J. What are we here for? Yes. In the, you know, from the point of view of what are we doing here? Um, yep. Not from a spiritual perspective, but from you know what are we doing? What's our, what are we spending our time every day doing? That kind of stuff. Yeah, and, in a very practical uh, sense. In a very practical sense. So, um, so we would. So that's one of the distinctions: a hollow movement of purpose. And I was working with these people on this, and there was this one woman, and she was really looking, and she was great. She really saw very clearly as she was, you know, she'd read the distinction. Um, and she did the recreation because every one of the distinctions has a recreation for your mind and awareness that actually gives you access into the distinction so that it becomes real for you. You can actually see it at work. You can see the results of it instantly. Um, so we will, she had done that. So she was able to see the first cut at this. She was able to see that she was somebody that could take extraordinarily complex projects she'd be sitting in a room with 10 people and 10 people had different aspects of the project different functions in the project different points of view of the project but they knew they all sort of knew where they wanted it to go but there was 10 different conversations going on about this project she was able to disseminate this whole thing and no matter how many people if it was three people 10 people 20 people didn't matter she could take this tremendous tremendous complex variety of input filter it in disseminate it into into a very very clear um, project approach and give it back to them in such a way that they could go right to it and do the project in oh, as a team wow. as a team yes now that's a tremendous gift right so sure. but now that but what she didn't see that I saw was how she communicated that back to them. Because what, when she saw how she communicated that back to them so that they could get it, all of a sudden, her whole role changed. It went from somebody who was great, her role, what she did, okay, what her responsibility was, you know, because yes. she, all she did was sit, she, what she did was sit with project teams. That's how she functioned, taking these vast, complex projects. But when she saw that what I was talking about was how she communicated it, it opened up an entirely new possibility for her as now sitting with the senior staff, the, 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 the business development people, when they were trying to sell their, their consulting to a client, she yes. now could sit there and she would be able to hear the complexity of the vision that the business owners had and give it back to them so that they could see, they could accomplish it through the work of their firm. Uh-huh. 
Wow. So she's now not just sitting in project meetings. She's now selling. She's now adding an exponential value of her yeah. presence and, and, and gift and her purpose to the company that is now worth a lot more money to her and to the company. Yes, indeed. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. do. That is the art of distinguishing. Yes, that's right. You see, because the other way, yeah, like, you know, yes, we could have, she would have been able to see, yeah, this is what I do. I'm a great in projects. And she would have done a little bit better at that. That would have been a more better and different of what she was already doing. Now, she's in a whole new game doing something yeah. she never imagined or even saw herself in. But now, <laughs> her value yep. has increased. That you, is infinite possibilities, right? <laughs> very much so, very much so. No, you, you found the distinction of what she was doing, na- defined it, named it, gave it a distinction in language that was then able to, in a sense, elevate her put her in a, what do you say, a catbird seat to take in the whole and give a name to something that was hitherto unnamed. Right. And, and because she didn't she have that as a job description, but now right. she does. She was always worked in about, the project right? arena. Now right. she could take her gift and apply it at a place in the business she hadn't even thought about applying it because she was always in the habit of project. In fact, she even got hired for that. Yes. Right. So that's where she stayed. She was pigeonholed in that, and she did it brilliantly. But but until you distinguish what it was, there was no possibilities beyond it. Only bigger projects, better companies, more of it, changing it a well, bit, getting better at it. You went from, or she went, I should say, from yeah. the quantitative to the qualitative. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, she went, she went yeah, from, she, as you said, more, bigger, you know, right. more, better more frequency. That's exactly. right. Exactly. She went from a more better and different approach to, you know, you know, you know, handling, you know, these complex projects and having them be successful to now actually selling business to clients that ordinarily they may not have been able to sell because nobody else has that gift. It's the difference also. uh, It's the difference between you could say the quantity of number the value of number as a quantity, i.e. counting 1 to mm. 10 or 100 or 1,000 or 10,000, and the, and the quality of number, one, conferring the notion of oneness, or uh, two, two-ness, i.e. a couple, and right. a dyad, and a duo, and three right. as a three, right? Right, Triad. right, exactly. And the meaning, everything shifts. When you add a number, not just in a column for accounting purposes, but for the quality of the number and what it represents. I was just listening to a bit of a TED Talk the other day about number as being the language of the universe. Mm -hmm. And the fellow was saying this is not just some kind of poetic rendering. It's true. It's true. (laughs) Language of the universe 
is mathematics. Right. And it was God Almighty. It's it's a stunning again, a shift in consciousness. It's it's a novel way of cognizing number. Exactly, but lacking the distinctions of it, you've got no That's access right. to it at all. Exactly, exactly. I kind of tell you, Alan, first of all, let's let everybody know uh, you are listening to Mitchell J. Rabin on A Better World Radio on Blog Talk Radio. We're here every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Please spread the word, forward our newsletter. If you don't get it, go to www.abetterworld.tv. Join us on Facebook, on Twitter. We're all over the place, so please become part of our community. <laughs> we are spending today's full show with Alan Collins, who is, as you hear, a master quantum think consultant. He and his wife, Diane, uh, consult to corporations across the world, actually, some big, some medium, some small, that are growing. And as you can tell, that under his auspices, uh, small grows to large and they deepen so it's really alan it's really a pleasure to talk with you it always is and i'm so glad to have you on the show and sharing you with our wonderful audience today thank you for thank you for having me and uh you know and engaging me in this conversation uh, you know Absolutely. because we're being creative with each other and i, I kind of like that, we are you know. being creative we're being creative <laughs> in fact on that note you know, earlier as we were doing a pre-interview, yeah. um, you asked me how I was and what's doing yeah. and that, and I, I, I circled around and I went about a subject instead of mm -hmm. the subject itself, like piercing it in the center. But uh, I've actually been a bit distraught today in a way that I haven't been in a while, sort of off-center. You could uh -huh. say I slipped into my reactive mind from my holistic global brain that reaches to the far distances of the universe. And um, you <laughs> help me see that. Well, that's good. You, you help know, me see yeah, well, that's good. You know, we have in 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 the distinction infinite possibility. There is a term yes. that we use called least action pathway. Diane, you know, Di uh -huh. Diane, you know, who that is the creator and author of Quantum Think. Her 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 yeah. mentor is Fred is Dr. Fred Allen Wolf, who's a quantum oh, yeah. physicist, as you, you know, Fred. right? Yeah. And so this is a term that. She borrowed from him, which he gave a you know sort of for, you know one of his discoveries. It's called least action yes. pathway, and least action yes. pathway is an automatic mechanical thought that we have. It sort of kicks in. Um, we don't know where it comes from. Uh, we would we would say that this you know Diane sort of terms it as the thoughtosphere, like all thoughts yes, uh -huh. that have ever existed and that will ever exist actually exist yes. now. And they exist in the in the dimension of infinite possibility. That's a very real place where all yes. where all intelligence lives. And yes. you know, through you know some of the principles of quantum think, you can access into the probability field that you know that will draw into you the probabilities related to your intent of what you're creating. But what stops us from that are these least action pathway thoughts. These automatic thoughts that you don't know where those thoughts came from. And, you know, and Mitchell, let's face it, you're an intelligent guy, you're a smart guy, you're a conscious guy, you're working, you've talked to the, the highest of the highest, you know, across the board. 
And so you could see that nobody in their right mind, so we're saying you are in your right mind, <laughs> nobody <laughs> in their right mind would entertain for long a negative or limited thought. But we yes. do, and you did. You bet. Can you see that? You bet. Because oh, yeah, it absolutely. isn't your no, thought. No. I saw that uh, not when I was having those. First of all, I, I'm... Uh, I'm one for historical antecedents, I have to say. So I live, just as uh, Diane is wise enough to give credit to Fred Allen Wolf, who was uh, on our show, my God, back in the mid-90s, um, and long before the years of What the Bleep, actually, um, but based on a lot of his wonderful work with dreaming and shamanism and uh, right. on and on. Uh, you know, as she is wise enough to give him the proper credit for that, and she has, God knows, enhanced, embellished, utilized in her own unique creative ways, yes. as we all yes. do with information. Yes. When you say the phrase, uh, basically, course of least action, I actually go back to his historical antecedents, of which I'm sure there are many, one of which is Lao Tzu and the Tao Te Ching, who the one of the principles of Taoist thought is less is more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, I, well, yes. And this is if that's true. That's, I mean, I, I'm totally with you on that because even even you know, in the simplest way, it means if you get stuck in a situation where you've got like a, a, a tumultuous day going on, you know, it's yes. not a bad idea to like do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, exactly. Exactly. You know, so unless, unless in that in that in that point of view, yeah. But but in terms exactly. of for you though, like the thing to be looking at, and this is really where quantum comes in, is you start to recognize because part of the old world view, Mitchell, is that we see things as absolute. That's part of the old world view. It was a From fixed back, reality. Things were fixed. That's you. why we needed a machine okay. to move it, right? You will be back shortly, won't you? Won't you? I'm sure you will. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> okay. No, no. Your voice disappeared for a moment. Oh, it did? Oh, it did? Oh, I'm back. Yes. Oh, can you hear me? Okay, okay good. Great. Can you repeat so, that last? Yes, yes, absolutely, 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 absolutely. I'm talking about absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. that in the in old world, world view, yeah, in the yeah. classical mechanical world view, that's a world view that saw saw reality as fixed. That's why they invented the machine, because right. you had to move something that was fixed, right? So now, but the new yeah. world. So when it's fixed, now you trans we translate that into thinking because, you know, the findings of our scientists you know, filter their way into society. They filter our way into our language, into our thinking, and to a point where we don't question it anymore. It just becomes pervasive. We just think from that system without even questioning the system. That's, again, why the Davos thing, sleepwalkers, which I love. Anyway, so the point is, is that when you recognize if you're having a thought... It doesn't mean that that thought, the meaning you're giving to that thought, is not the truth. It's just a thought. There's no, there's no absoluteness to that thought. There's no truth to it. This is so. When you look from, because when you look from a quantum perspective, from a new world view, from the quantum think perspective, we are dealing with energy in flux. 
Energy does not stand still. It's not fixed. Therefore, a thought can always be moving. So how do we encourage it to move? Is by relating to it as not the truth. Because once you relate it to it as the truth, you have fixed it. You've That's stopped right. it moving. You're now stuck with it. Brilliant point. Brilliant and, point. And, and right, again, and it... Go ahead. Yes, please. And I'm just, it's, I'm saying there's no, and so that the beauty of this is there's nothing true or false about quantum think or, the, or thinking itself. There's nothing true, it's not true, it's not false. What we're introducing is not the new truth. It's just principles based in the most leading edge science, at the edge of science as we know it today. Tomorrow, yes. something may come up and completely wipe this out. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? It will say it to be incorrect, and then we have to rethink and again. By the way, so Diane will have to write a new book. I think you ought to co-author it. Can you think like Newton again? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Who's Newton? Where did he, where did he go? <laughs> Let's bring him back. <laughs> right. So yeah, this, right, right, right. right. A so new, you could you? say a new, a new Newton. Oh, right, Newton. there you go. That's beautiful. That's funny. Right. <laughs> a new Newton. Yeah, right. right. So for you, so, you know, when you have these thoughts that are driving you crazy, you just look at the meaning you're giving to it, you know, notice it's not the truth, and then ask yourself, hey, what is my intent around this? And then now you're consciously creating. Intent is always at play. It's either a default intent, one that is there by virtue of a multitude of circumstances, or it's a consciously created phenomenon. But intent is always at play. So you could see that, you know, a least action pathway could be the meaning that we give to it could be what we consider to be a thwarted intent. Like, yes. oh, this is not going well. That's a thwarted intent. It's not the truth, but it's an intent, nevertheless. So then you can say, wait a minute. Back. Yeah. Yeah, you well, create a new intent. Is... You cr Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. You know, we have these notions, both, you know, I have to re re refer back again, Alan, to the wisdom of the ancients of the mm. Tao, because mm. I, the more I think about it, they were like, uh, the Taoists were essentially energy engineers, because yes, their yes. entire, mm. no, right? In, in a sense, yep. they're, and artists at the same time, because they knew that they were just awash in a sea of chi, which was best described like a river, but it wasn't the river, but it included the river. Yeah. I never put it quite that way, but I think that's accurate. Yeah, and, yeah, um, that's, yeah. You know, right? And so, interestingly, they were up to that. Later on, there were all sorts of iterations about this, going back to the pre-Socratics, where Heraclitus understood some of what it is we're talking about here and now. Socrates understood a lot of this, and uh, in their own lingo, in their own vernacular, um, right. lexicon is the word I should use because it's Greek, but uh, then... Going fast forward to the 20th century, um, and, and referring to my own frames of reference, uh, you will find some of what you're speaking of in the notions of um, – 
the Course in Miracles, that we are the attributors of meaning. There isn't meaning in itself, but we are the authors of that meaning. Uh, L. Ron Hubbard goes into this, of uh-huh. course, which becomes the basis then of the work of Werner Erhard and Est uh-huh. and the Forum, further furthered by the former um, the former uh, minister of Chile, uh, Fernando Flores, who mm, was mm, working mm, with mm, the work correct. of Heidegger, for instance, and mm. helping Warner advance the thinking, correct? And That's correct. These are some of the antecedents. And there was a book that came out many, many moons ago called The Timelines of History. Maybe you're aware of it, which showed how essentially, without using this phrase, the morphogenetic field of consciousness occurs. So you end up getting the pre-Socratic philosophers in Greece simultaneous to Lao Tzu in China and other yogis in India, okay, right? And then you have shamans in both Siberia and uh, South and Latin America altogether. And they are coming up with similar understandings of the nature of reality, Buddha and Plato, you know? Yeah. And yeah. you can track history geographically across time in that way, across across the globe, yes. and see the simultaneity, if you will, of these kinds of thinking, yeah. which I personally I think... just find very interesting. And it's part of the systems thinking that underscores, underlies quantum think and well you know uh, systems theory of course is something that's been part of psychology it's been part of yes. the computing world it's part of physics for you know at this point at least a century or two you know the larger systems understandings is what really governs and what i realized as i was listening to you earlier speak about that business visionary who felt mm. that others he was speaking to weren't listening to him and there was a disconnect you said and he was creating the reality of them not listening now maybe there was a whisp correct yes well absolutely you said that i realized my separatist state today and Ah, (laughs) this is a confession this Ah. is a confession and um and i became very, very upset because someone who I am good friends with, who is very interested in a business project in which I, uh, uh, to which I introduced him, was ready to um, uh, buy into it, into this investment thing, which would have been very positive for the company, for him, for me, and. Uh, it would have been a win, 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 win. And then, all of a sudden, it all untangled. It mm-hmm. all fell apart because of a doubt or two of mm-hmm. people around it. I, the details don't matter. Interesting. What matters is that... I'm sorry? I said interesting. <laughs> yes. And I... And and at that moment, something I had been working on basically for many months and trusted and was counting on, and not just for me personally, although believe me, that was part of it, um, 
but I'm I'm helping uh, as a consultant basically to advance this particular company, and this was a key element. And mm-hmm. all of us, and uh, there was no doubt whatsoever shed. And I tested and I tested and I said, "Is there any way this could fall apart?" And I was told, "No, this is rock solid. It's happening." And then a day before it was to happen, it unwound, and mm-hmm. so I. I I just I've been in a state, but I realize in listening to you, Alan, here, that I separated myself out. I went into anger mode and blame mode. You dirty rat! You gave me your word. I love you, but I hate you. You know. Have you ever felt those things? <laughs> so, you know, how could you do this? I gave you every opportunity to let me know whether in uh, NLP we call it an ecological check. You know, we're right. testing the environment to see if there's anything that could intrude upon a certain state. And I was told this is on. I can't wait. Thank you. And then... When the moment arrived, it was, and no communication, really, and blah. And I'm like, mm. oh, okay. Mm. So you helped me see that my reaction, which was strong in email, um, uh, was related to my own, as we say in Chinese, I'm sure you know the word, Michigas, my own view. <laughs> My own view of the situation, and rather than seeing it all, and I want to hear what you have to say about this, seeing it and staying inside the system and working with the energy of the system of which I was part, I pulled myself out. I, you know, in some way, you know, just got deeply disturbed and pulled myself out of the system, not really, but in my mind. And um, no doubt alienated him, upset myself, and, uh, you know, like that. Well, you know, well, first off, let me tell you, one of the beauties of the quantum world is that time can move forwards and backwards. So Uh when you get consciously aware of this, which you did right now, right now you took responsibility for how you participated in 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 this disruption. Indeed, right? Yes. So yeah. now, you know, when you look back and you start thinking about, well, what, you know, and you ask yourself the question, what was it, what was he concerned about? And you start to get into, you know, start to think about what was going on for him. And you've got to be thinking about it. There's a, there's a quote Diane has in her book here um, that from Albert Einstein, and it's called The Man with the Sealed Watch. And basically yes, what it is, to paraphrase it, is you have a sealed watch. You can never... Get into that watch to see how it's working. You can hear it ticking. You can see the hands moving, but you're not going to get in it to find out yes. what's really going on in it. But what you can uh-huh. do, what he says is, if you're ingenious, you could make up some mechanism that could explain what's going on in there. And so uh-huh. your job is to think about what's going on in this guy's head. What is he thinking? It's not going to be the truth because you're never going to know that, and he doesn't even know it. So don't worry about that. 
So right. you can but you don't stop bother with about the it. truth you're saying. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you stop conscious, looking from a conscious place. Like what? What happened? What? What scared him? What was he scared of? Was he scared of something here? Was he scared, feared he was going to lose his money? What was going on over there? And you start to make that up, and then you create an intent that will actually influence it. Mm-hmm. So you know. So for example. Say, for example, you thought, like, the guy felt um, scared, right? Yeah. He felt like, um, you know, because I don't have enough information to get right on it right now, but I can just to make up a few things, is you could sure, think sure, that sure. something triggered him. He, he got nervous. Maybe he, you know, he felt like th- there was something in the deal that didn't make sense, and so he wasn't trusting. So just for that, I mean, that wouldn't be, that wouldn't be far off if we just had that. We could get deeper with yes. it, but just that's clear yes. enough. And now you would have an intent. You would create an intent that the fellow, the person, felt safe communicating with you. They felt safe explaining himself to you. You create that intent. And then when you pick up the phone, you're actually functioning from that intent that he feels safe communicating with you. And when, he, and when you create that, he's going to start telling you things that were really on his mind that up until now he hadn't told you. So you couldn't even – you had no chance of resolving it. But once no he starts communicating, you will have a chance of resolving it. That makes sense? That is, oh, totally. Not to put another uh, wrinkle in it, but it actually wasn't him. He trusts me uh, and the, implicitly and the deal. But it, I, not to go into too much detail, but it was actually the person apparently controlling the purse strings that is the one who stopped it, not him himself. He was absolutely ready to go forward but when he didn't have access to the dollars the way he thought he would, or so, at least I know so do, far. Do you have a relationship um, to the guy with the purse strings? Do you no. have a relationship with the guy with the purse strings? None. Zero. Ah. So now, this None. will be a lesson for you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I didn't deal. know he was supposed to have it. He was. Ah. She, she had part of it. He had part of it. So yeah. uh, now I only found out this morning, only that she had control of it all well actually to tell you the truth i don't even really know that i i haven't heard back from him because Uh this is the thing alan i did the opposite of what you said in my upset Mm. i I mean i was really very diplomatic still even though i was very upset um but i said this is all happening as a function of a lack of education and so and so did not get the proper education she can say whatever she wants about one thing or another but i it's unimportant because she just doesn't know the facts so let's get the mm. facts over to her let mm. her get educated so i i defused the anger uh, even my own and her misunderstanding by saying let's go to the facts just the facts you know That's uh, right. sure and, and and hold, and holding the intent that she wants the benefit of this yeah as much as everybody else wants the that. benefit of this that's right can you, can you see that and in that context that's right and then you're creating it it's not like it's the truth 
you're creating this new this new context for it. Context is neither the truth nor false. It's just a context. It's a framework to hold something of which you have command of the context. You're the one creating the context. That's right. But now I've already put at least one foot in my mouth by speaking in a subsequent email or two rather robustly of my upset of feeling a sense of betrayal because it was his word that this was going to happen even though I went fishing for just give me a sense if there's a possibility this isn't going to happen. So I represented to the CEO, this is you know, ironclad. So other wheels got put into motion because this was expected, dot, 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 downstream, if you will. Doesn't matter, because if you if you can, you know, you've just fessed up to it, you've taken responsibility for it, you now, hold, you know, that can go back in time. Believe okay, me. Okay, that's what I want to hear in about. In the quantum world, you go beyond yes. time as we know it. In the old world view, time is linear. It goes in one direction. In the quantum world, energy moves backwards and forwards through time and takes leaps. It's omnidirectional. That's right. And so yeah. that is why quantum thing comes in, because we are operating from the principles of quantum science and the wisdom that you were speaking about before. All this ancient wisdom yes. that you were speaking about, because for the first time, quantum scientists are actually acknowledging that wisdom yeah. as part of their science. They're recognizing that consciousness could be the source of everything, not necessarily splitting the atom one more time. Yes, right, exactly. exactly. Do you see what I'm saying? So there's now a very strong relationship between this wisdom of, you know, that's been around for 5,000 plus years and quantum science, and quantum think taps into that, and Diane has this, you know, her brilliance is her unique way of putting this complexity together in such a way that people can actually live it. And, and of course, the magic of quantum think is the system. The system is the key. Tell me this. Hmm. Before I let you go, uh, an important thing, because, you know, anger, which uh, is very much uh, part of life, and it cuts through, you know, butter like a knife, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, and as someone who understands something about Chinese medicine and the body, mind, connection, and understand that it has got certain toxic qualities and it's not good for the liver and all of that right, aside, right. for the moment, let's just look at the uh, separatist nature of anger and okay. how then, Alan, do you deal with Anger, knowing what you know, and Diane, how do you deal with anger when you know it's separatist instead of systemic by and large? How do well, you deal with that? Well, you know, there's various different ways, not one way. I mean, first off, I, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be living with the creator of Quantum Think, so I get reminded. Yes. <laughs> um, but one of the things that I do, <laughs> one right. of the things, I, I'll share with you a very funny story. Diane and I were in a brutal fight, right, one day. We were having a terrific yeah. fight. 
and it was really nasty. And I've and seen I, you fight. I've seen it, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, we go at it. We're human. <laughs> it's not about whether you, you know, it's, it's about how quick you move from it. Not the, yes, not the avoidance exactly. of it, but it's how, how quick you move. Get back on the horse, baby. Right. <laughs> That's right. So, so this is what yep. happens. We're having this fight, this tremendous battle. This was a long time ago. And, um, it, and, you know, and I stormed out of the house. I went down into my car, and I, st- and I started driving. And this was – and I had – at that time, I had a sort of classic car that had a um, tape deck in it. And, and, and there was a tape sitting out of the deck, and it was one of our – it was a tape of, of us delivering one of the distinctions, right, of quantum think. I pushed it in, and this is why quantum think is so – why the system is so powerful. I pushed it in to the deck, and, it's, and I heard me talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> And, and it said the exact, and it's what it, what I said to me <laughs> was perfect. And I started laughing. I turned the car around, and I went home. And I told Diane, and we laughed, and we moved on. And <laughs> that is the beauty of quantum think. Quantum think is holographic. It's, well, it's holographic. I've got to say this: it's holographic. And what I mean by that is that the entire system is in each of the distinctions, yet each of the distinctions are distinct from each other. So mm-hmm. you could be angry, or you could be in an upset, you could be thinking, and I often use, you know, I use the book, the Do, Do You Quantum Think? If i got a problem or an unanswered question or I'm angry or, or I've been out of shape about something, I will just open the book anywhere. And I'll read what's right in front of me. It's like an oracle. I just read wherever my eye goes first. And whatever I'm reading is the perfect message, just like the tape deck. It was the the perfect thing. That's what holographic is, that the whole is present in everything. And so when I just, and so wherever, and so how I deal with it, I'll just, if I'm angry, you know, and I want to get over my anger, because sometimes... I don't. <laughs> right. I just want Not to waddle so in it for a bit. <laughs> exactly. but, when I, but if I want to, I'll open the book, Do You Quantum Think? New Thinking That Will Rock Your World, and I'll open it any page, wherever my eye goes, and I'll read a paragraph and we're, or a line or whatever it is, and I can tell you, absolutely, Mitchell, it immediately gets me present. Mm. Because when you're angry, you're I not don't. present. You're not present. You're you're in the past. You're in the future, but you're not in the now. That's right. And That's right. you know, that just reading, just point. reading will get me get you present instantly. So that's how I get over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, that's fabulous. And the point that you made uh, is that when you're angry, you're not in the present. You may right. be feeling the anger in the present, but your right. mind is jumping around like All a tamale. That's right. Because exactly. it's saying, it's, it's, if you want to really think about the biocomputer is going back to all of the files of when did I feel this way before? When did I feel betrayed? When did I feel wronged? When yeah. did I feel uh, right. victimized? When did I feel, you know, blah, blah, dishonored, whatever, right? right? But that, but you see, you don't need Those to Those are do not that. present moment thoughts. No, you, and, and, and also you don't know that it's the truth anyways. <laughs> <laughs> even if you right. even if you realize, oh my God, you know, it's my next door neighbor stole my dolly when I was three years old. You don't know that that was That's the right. cause of it. <laughs> you have no That's idea. Right. <laughs> so right. the only exactly. thing that matters is now. 
Nothing else matters is now because the future is now, the past is now. It's all now. It's all now. So make and it so, a you know, good now, baby. Make it a good yeah. now. Get a good right? now, right? Oh, God. <laughs> That's well, right. Alan, you helped to make this a very good now. <laughs> yeah, you made fun. it a good, good now, it. you know? <laughs> <laughs> it was a good now. I enjoyed the conversation tremendously. It was really great fun. And, and uh, you Absolutely. know, for, for the listeners out there, you know, go buy Diane's book, Do You Quantum Think? New Thinking that yes. will rock your world. You can get it on Amazon. And, uh, and if anybody's Absolutely. listening in the business We have it world, on our website for you all. We have oh, it right beautiful. there listed with oh, I've got, you that's and right, Diane. You that's right, you yeah. do. And, and, and if anybody's listening here that's in the business world that, you know, is interested in exploring how this might be beneficial to them in their company, yeah. in their corporation, with their teams themselves, um, you feel absolutely free to give me a call directly. My number is 305. I'm going to give you the number because, you know, I know Please. you've got great listeners. 305-354-8141. You know, we are a boutique company, even though we work with some of the largest corporations in the world and have done sustainably for many, many years. Like, you know, I'm not going to give the names, but we work with them. We don't do just projects. We work for in years with these companies. But even yes. that, we are, a, we are a boutique company, and we are very available, and we're very responsive. And that's why people like Excellent. us. Give your email, I mean your uh, phone number again, and if there, do you have a website at all discussing? Yes, they can go, the best website to use is Diane Collins, at D-I-A-N-N-E, Diane with two N's, Collins, C-O-L-L-I-N-S, dot com. With two L's. Two L's, DianeCollins.com, forward slash consulting. Great. Wonderful. Okay, and that way they can Alan, get right to the consulting page. Exactly. Alan and Collins, my phone number again, work. I'll give you the Yeah, my phone number yeah, is three oh five three five four eight one four one. We're in Miami. So yeah, absolutely anybody listening wants more info on any of this stuff, just give me a call and I'll be happy to talk to you. Um, and make sure I totally love the call. It was great, great conversation. Uh, really conversation. got to exp to explore some of my own thinking in a new way while talking to you. So that's oh, always a good excellent. time. That's always I'm a good so time. I'm so glad, Alan. Myself as well. <laughs> so appreciate you and Diane and your good work. And uh, we will carry this forward. Okay? Yes, absolutely. Beautiful. Excellent. Thanks, Mitchell. Thank See you. you later. Bye. You got it. Bye-bye now. Okay. Oh, so rich, so rich, wonderful, interesting, compelling, creative novel. That's the story with Alan Collins and Diane Collins, and together they are quite a team. And the consulting work, I know people who have been uh, taking their group uh, trainings and uh, it's really been powerful for them. I've heard just the best reports, and you got a taste of it today. And any of you who have heard my interviews with Diane, you would hear same. And I want to also thank the gentleman who first asked me to interview Diane Collins, who I had not known about. And his name is Jacob Baracus, who's been a, a guest on the show, too, discussing his book on sustainability some time ago. He's an environmental and business consultant um, 
who is making a wonderful contribution to the world as well. And uh, it was his uh, insistence that uh, brought Diane to me, and I'm just so glad of it because she, Alan and I, have become very good friends, and it's a pleasure to give them space in this forum for bringing forth their wonderful quantum thinking work, which uh, I feel has uh, great merit, obviously, and that's why I wanted to dedicate today's show to this very subject. So I want to just thank you all for being part of a better world community, a better world family, and to remind you again that we have a show every Tuesday night, although today I learned that uh, we will be getting a new time slot in the upcoming months, which will be choose on the roulette table. What could it be? I'm not sure yet, but it'll be, oh, I don't know, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night. It'll be a new evening time, and you all will be informed of it once it's designated. Okay, and truly, each week there are themes. Uh, This week was obviously having to do with mind, creativity, novelty, and Joe Dispenza talking about the neurophysiological undergirding, if you will, of the way thinking works, and how exciting to have access to both the mental plane of it the paradigmatic plane of that new systems thinking and then knowing the physiology behind it. It it makes for a very rich contribution and, and convergence, a confluence. And we will be turning our attention to the subject of uh, climate change and global warming. We've been in dialogue with Bill McKibben's people about having him on soon and discussing his latest book, Honey and Oil, uh, and um, as well as uh, Francis Moore-Lape of Ecomind. So we're moving in that direction because for me, this is such an important subject, dealing with uh, the environment herself, Gaia, a living being that we treat like dead matter. And it's time for us to shift that idea Thank you, Alan, and thank you, Diane, for that idea. Help to support that uh, so we can relate to Earth as the living being that she truly is. And in that uh, vein, we did have David Christopher on uh, really very recently who wrote The Holy Universe and will be sponsoring, A Better World will be sponsoring him in New York City on what looks like March 11th, a Tuesday night. In fact, I'll be doing an interview with him at the Meta Center for any one of you who are in New York. It's going to be an event that you will really very much want to be part of. He's a brilliant guy, wrote a truly beautiful lyrical narrative uh, regarding the nature of the universe, having studied evolutionary biology, theology, ecology and eco-psychology and the convergence of all of these in a poem uh, essentially uh, just really riveting and we'll be going into that in our dialogue that evening so more information on that will be at abetterworld.tv 
Again, thanks so much for joining us. This is Mitchell J. Rabin, your host, and I look forward to seeing you all next